and welcome to the podcast Don's House, because what the world needs most right now is a podcast about the Babysitter's Club. I'm Esther. I'm Karen. And I'm Aoife. Hey, there we go. You know, if you hadn't said that, no one would have noticed that we were looking at each other going, whose turn? Who speaks? <laughs> we really should just agree in order, but I kind of find it funnier when neither of you knows what order to do it in. When we kind of fight over it, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I know. I mean, this feeds something small and petty in me, to you, be honest. You go first because you are, as we've established, the Christie of this podcast. Obviously, I'm the president. The president, exactly. I was going to say that. Um, and then mm, one of us is the alternate officer. <laughs> uh, you're also no, the treasurer. No, the alternate officer is going to be like some some second tier person that we get in when one of us can't make it. I mean, we well, all have husbands. One of those can be the alternate officer. <laughs> they can be the token boy. Um, we have a book. We're discussing a book. Uh, <laughs> this this might be true. the fastest we ever got off track. Today we are talking about Claudia and Mean Janine, uh, which is book number seven. Seven, yep, yeah. Seven. Yep. Cool. All right then. Um, okay, let's try and skim through the plot and see how far we can make it before we inevitably get distracted. <laughs> um, all right. Claudia starts by telling us about her sister Janine, who is a genius and everyone loves Janine more than Claudia, but Claudia is not bitter. But... <laughs> Mimi is nice to them and is the glue that holds this family together and they don't know what they do without Mimi and Mimi is just the best. Mm-hmm. And Christy is moving out of town to the millionaire district and they've all been very worried about maybe the club will have to shut down because she's leaving but then it turns out she's going to pay her brother gas money to give her a lift so that crisis is averted. Mm-hmm. Um, Did that get averted in the previous book? Uh, or... No, they were just worrying about it in the previous book and they okay. were like, the club might fall apart. I thought that solution had been posited. That solution had already been posited in a previous book. Yes. But now and now Christy just... has confirmed that they can do it. Yeah. Building mm-hmm. on the previous thing, we now see this being put into action. You know. Okay. Yes. Fine. It's continuity. Continuity. This is all good. Exactly. So Christy, after last week when they ran an illegal daycare in Christy's backyard, mm-hmm. Christy has got the illegal daycare bug. And has decided what she really wants is to run another illegal daycare. <laughs> this week, they're calling it a playgroup. So they're going to have all the kids over to Stacy's backyard because Stacy thinks her mum will be fine with them running an illegal daycare in the backyard. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't challenge this assumption. And it turns out okay. Um, but it just leaves me kind of picturing. She says, like, oh, my mum is around most of the time. I'm sure she'll be fine with this. We can ask her later. But in the meantime, It'll pro- let's just go ahead and plan everything on the assumption that she won't mind having an unspecified number of children. Um, of other people's children in her back garden being supervised by her 12 or 13 year old child. For money. Um, <laughs> for money with no insurance. And, yep. and also, uh, presumably they're going to be having to come into the house if it rains. Or, or they need to be pee or whatever. Yeah. All that, so it's not just that, like, I suppose occasionally using the bathroom is one thing, but having them all indoors uh, on the assumption. Hey, this is just assuming that the weather is going to be good. And it I seems think, like it is. So we possibly have um, the wrong idea about how often it rains in summer because we are Irish. It happened in the, the okay, yeah. Yes, <laughs> that is true. But it, they, it did rain in the previous book. Um, did it? If they you remember, kind of- yeah. But they really hadn't planned for it. They were shocked and dismayed at this. So it's not normal that mm-hmm. it would rain. Like it doesn't rain once or twice a week. 
Mm-hmm. You know where this wouldn't have happened? California. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Dawn. Yep. <laughs> so you're Christy so, and you're also Dawn. Um, yeah. yeah, so anyway, my just to like wind up what I was saying about the um, Mrs. McGill in the house is that I think that she's just um, like drinking a lot of wine during the day. <laughs> I was just about to say she's... Maybe yeah. not always, but definitely this week. Um, she's yeah. just kind of hanging out in the kitchen going, hi girls, how are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> carry on. Wine, I was assuming Xanax, but yeah. Why not both? <laughs> yeah. The classic combo. Yeah, you're going to need extra on this particular yep. week. Yeah. Or multiple weeks. It goes on for an unspecified amount of time. Do they get bored? Does it eventually stop? I'm assuming it will stop after the summer holidays. Yeah, I think I think at the end of this, they say that the summer holidays are half over and the playgroup is finished. So they run it for some number of weeks but not the entire summer break i think they get six weeks off school in america oh my god that's nothing i know okay so for anyone who's actually listening for another country in primary school in ireland you get two months off school for the summer and in secondary you get three i am unaware of any other developed nation that allows their children and teenagers to have this much unstructured time (laughs) i I remember it being a, a massive perk yeah Oh yeah. Um, of moving back here and going like, wow, okay. <laughs> awesome. So they're going to run this for, let's say about three weeks. Um, mm. or I suppose maybe two weeks because the first week was Christy's mom's wedding or whatever. But the point is they're running in a legal daycare and it's going to be fine because mm-hmm. Christy's in charge and everything's fine when Christy's in charge. Um, meanwhile, Claudia's back at home and they're having, she's, her parents are out. So Mimi and Claudia and Janine are having waffles for dinner because Mimi is awesome. Mm -hmm. And then they play a blatant trivial pursuit ripoff where you only seem to have to answer about three questions in order to win. And surprise, surprise, Janine wins. The thing about that is Anna Martin does not normally shy away from brand names. Yeah, it's weird. Maybe I, this is like Milton Bradley it? is particularly litigious or something like that. <laughs> really confused by that, like I have to say. Like, you can mention Disney. You can mention the Guinness Book of World Records. You can't mention Milton Bradley. <laughs> sue us for everything we've got. Like, in one of the, in the start of chapter th- two, there's literally a list of candy brand names I highlighted. Okay. Because I was yes. like, I only know what one of those is. Ho-hos, ring-dings, ding-dongs, and Twinkies. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna have to circle back to the okay. ho hos, uh, oh. ding dongs, uh, and Ring other dings. and other assorted um, treats with weird names, as she yeah. uh, calls them out. Um, but the um, I think this if this clearly is actually trivial pursuit because yeah, yeah, um, Janine gets onto a winning streak uh, because you get an extra turn when you um, get a question right uh, and. Like, so Janine just keeps, she just barrels through it and basically wins straight away. And they try to get her with sport, um, but she gets it right anyway, doesn't she? Um, Yes, because it's, it's a hit, it's a sports history question. Mm -hmm. So she knows it. I remember Babe Ruth's real name. Playing the UK trivial pursuit Mm -hmm. in college. And, uh, I just knew that if the question was about, uh, cricket, the answer was like WG Grace. (laughs) <laughs> if it was anything else I didn't know it but if it was about cricket it was historical cricket and the answer was WG Grace also okay. I could like recognise a picture of WG Grace if I saw it <laughs> wow this is the only thing I know about cricket is the size of that man's beard <laughs> <laughs> I thought that Ian Botham was the answer to every question about cricket if it's cricket. not a historical cricket question it's Ian Botham okay <laughs> 
So Claudia has a tantrum um, because she feels like Janine is being smug about being smarter than her. And Mimi basically loses patience with the girls and goes off for an early night. Mm -hmm. So Claudia and Janine kind of sort of start patching things up. Um, Claudia has accidentally let slip that she has some Nancy Drew books in her room. And Janine says, like, she knows that Claudia is not allowed to have them, but she won't tell her parents. Um, so she's cool. And Claudia sort of grudgingly takes this in the spirit in which it's intended. But then they start fighting again because they have no chill. And then they mm. hear a thud from Mimi's room. Uh, Mimi has passed out. So they call an ambulance. Uh, Janine goes to the, um, the hospital with Mimi. Uh, Claudia tries to call their parents who are at a restaurant. She gets through to a comedy Frenchman um, <laughs> yeah. who says, I am très sorry, but they have just left. Um, I'm not <laughs> being stereotypical. That's actually how it's written in the book. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm picturing basically uh, Michelle from Gilmore Girls. Um, yeah, there's a Gilmore uh, Girls connection again. I know. It just keeps coming up. Mm-hmm. Um and then the parents get home and they all go off to the hospital where they find it that Mimi has had a stroke. Mm-hmm. Um, the next day, <laughs> as, um, who is it that writes the uh, diary entry here? Um, is it Marianne? Yeah, Marianne kind of callous. Oh, no, no, it's not Marianne. Dawn, sorry. Dawn writes a, a hilariously, unintentionally callous uh, diary entry. Today was a good news, bad day for us babysitters. The good news was that 10 children came to the first session of our playgroup and it went really well. The bad news is that Mimi had a stroke and she's in the hospital. <laughs> like, these two facts do not have the same weight, Don. Um, and, and I know your point is that putting your worries aside and running the playgroup anyway proves that you're professionals, but it also makes you sound really fucking heartless. Um, that's That's just my two cents have you heard any um, of the um people sort of going back and retrospectively reading their teenage journals yes genre i mean it's which is often extremely entertaining and wow these people are brave to to do this but Ooh. they often you know kids writing at this age doesn't often quite get the tone <laughs> the tone right you know um i think this is you know just of a the level that we could probably expect yeah she's she's trying to I be professional right. here but um i did just uh, snort very loudly when i read her entry <laughs> yeah um so yeah they go ahead and they run the playgroup and there are hijinks um yes and they're i don't know Ooh, Jim- jenny prezioso hijinks my favorite yes. form of hijinks oh. um and also a good dose of karen brewer which is uh which yes oh yeah always actually, always good for entertainment this value. is the book where we first see why jenny prezioso is actually awful in the previous books we're like they mm. all hate her but i don't really know why yeah why no she's there's... a little bit whiny but she's fine and then this is the book where we're like oh i see yeah yes they it seems like she went into this book going, I need an antagonist, a four-year-old antagonist. <laughs> I need an antagonist. I'll choose this four-year-old. This, is, this infant. There, there's the kids that they're babysitting for are starting to develop personalities at this point. Yes. Um, even if they're relatively one note, they, there are, there are kind of more of they're them. Getting, whereas, you can tell them apart now. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny actually, because in, in number four, the first time we see Jenny Prezioso, Marianne gets the impression that like, Jenny doesn't want to be this like weird, creepy princess doll type, but mm-hmm. that this is what her mother wants her to be like. 
but now she's completely on board. So when my, my nine-year-old read this, she went, oh, Jenny Prezioso has fallen into her mother's trap. <laughs> yes, Deceptive. it's called performative femininity. Yeah. Don't fall into it. And it's a key age between four and a half and five, clearly. Um. <laughs> yes. So Jenny Prezioso has bought into the feminine mystique. <laughs> and is completely not prepared for like a playgroup where there is mud and art supplies. Not prepared and... for being outside. Mm-hmm. No. Let's face it. Um, which is mainly her mother's fault. Um, in Jenny's defense. I have a bit of a soft spot for Jenny because yeah, like she has some really weird role models. <laughs> so do we go through and talk about um the uh comedy plot line of the um the playgroup and the shenanigans involved in that, or do we go to the more serious end of things, which is um kind of Claudia and Janine's relationship and how they are dealing with the whole um situation of their grandmother being like seriously let's ill. Go which serious. Go okay. Let's go serious. Because then we can end on a lighter note. Yes. Sure. Um yeah, okay, so this this book I suppose is mostly about sibling rivalry um and i was kind of turning this over my head and going like oh this is one of my least favorite plot devices is the thing where two characters have an issue and they're crossed with each other so they don't talk about it um whereas like one 10 minute conversation would resolve everything and i was like oh this is this feels a bit like that but it actually it isn't um because that trope is usually like um we need this to advance the plot (laughs) yeah Whereas um, when I was, I was reading this, I was like, I find this kind of an uncomfortable book to read in some ways. Um, it's not sort of as much fun as some of the other ones. Um, it's but, quite upsetting in places. Yeah, it 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 genuinely is, and I it's it's young adult fiction. Like it's um, YA stuff deals with issues. Um, yeah, yeah, and you know, it, it kind of gets underestimated. Um, in in ways i think i think uh, these books but, kind of skew a bit younger than a lot of ya so yeah, yeah that's true i actually. was kind of like i remembered the plot about mimi having a stroke and everyone mm-hmm. was very upset and then she got kind of better and then things weren't so bad but i didn't i kind of wasn't prepared for how emotional the whole plot with janine was like it mm. was very sort of yeah real kind of uh, like they're, they're yeah. just very insecure, both of them. Both of them. I, I I was gonna say about what you said if they just talk to each other, and one of the things that really stood out was several times when they tried to start talk to each other, mm. they literally mm. Claudia just doesn't know what Janine is saying. Yeah, and assumes the worst. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Janine doesn't realize that Claudia doesn't know what, and they both assume the other one is just making fun of them and mm-hmm. being yeah. mean. And no, it's literally Janine is not using words that Claudia understands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a really good depiction of this ongoing communication failure. And I was like, okay, yeah, so I, I'm kind of wrong if I characterize it as just one of these things where it could be resolved. Because actually, it it can't. It's this really um, ongoing problem that the two girls have had and that has actually been foreshadowed really well. Very like, well. Yeah, it's clearly been a like a lifelong issue for them. And it's, it's explored really well. And it is the point. Cause I was like, oh yeah, this is the book about Mimi being ill. And it's like, it's actually not. It's about, yeah. um, the sisters responding to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. and it's, it's, it's done very skillfully and in a, in a way that makes you quite uncomfortable to read, which, yeah. um, is, is pretty, uh, says a lot for its kind of literary, <laughs> um, chops. So like, yeah. Yeah. 
fair play to this book for doing that. <laughs> this, this was so, a lot of, especially the later books are turned out. Mm. A lot of the earlier ones, because I remembered the later ones, a lot of the earlier ones was like, oh, these really aren't churned out. The thought mm. went into these. And this is yeah. one of the ones that, yeah, that's, there's something very painfully believable about mm-hmm. how Janine and Claudia are with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're not just, they're not just having the same conversation over and over again. It's a, yeah. it's actually a different conflict every time. Every time. Yes. Yeah. And I think rather than like a failure to communicate existing just to drive along the plot, like mm-hmm. it is the plot. The mm-hmm. whole book is about them learning to communicate. Mm-hmm. It's not that there's some plot device that could be resolved. Yeah. It's that like, this is what the entire story is. And she really kind of digs into that. And mm-hmm. it's, it's quite impressive. Mm-hmm. So yeah, well, basically, as you said, the foreshadowing, they have never been able to communicate. This yeah. is the thing. And we've known for, mm-hmm. even on the most basic literal sense of Janine says things and Claudia is like, I don't know what any of those words mean and doesn't mm-hmm. understand her. That's been since mm-hmm. the first book. Yeah. yeah. And Janine, I think genuinely doesn't get that Claudia doesn't understand. She thinks Claudia is just saying it to be judgy and make Janine feel bad mm-hmm. for like the, the way she is. And so, yeah, we kind of see this. Mimi is in, sort of in the hospital and she's slowly recovering. And Claudia figures out at first that Mimi can communicate through blinking. Mm-hmm. Um, which is they're, they're very excited because this is kind of the first confirmation they've gotten that she can hear them and she can understand what they're saying and everything. Mm-hmm. And then they're kind of gradually, like she sort of, as she gets better, she comes home and Janine sort of starts to offer to take some time off her like summer programming course. But Claudia immediately announces that like she can quit the playgroup and she can stay home with Mimi and help her with her speech therapy and everything. And Everyone is very impressed with Claudia for doing this and being so self-sacrificing. And Claudia mm-hmm. is meanwhile quietly furious that Janine isn't giving anything up. Um, so they sort of continue resenting each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but Claudia, who's always been very close with Mimi, is sort of doing very well with helping her um, mm. sort of remember her words and everything like that. And then there's a kind of an interlude where Marianne has, to, Claudia has to mm. babysit. So mm-hmm. Marianne goes to sit with Mimi and Mimi is, I guess, very uncomfortable with Marianne, like mm-hmm. sort of seeing her like this because she's still having a lot of trouble with her, like mobility and her speech and everything. And she mm-hmm. loses her temper at Marianne. Mm-hmm. This is a really interesting chapter as well, like um in the whole sort of, understanding Mimi's perspective and um uh the dynamic between Mimi and um Marianne is really different like you're saying uh and it's sort of a nice um exploration of the idea of how to sort of help a sick person I think yes um, uh, cuz Marianne is kind of patronizing with her yeah she just doesn't really Mimi know really how to like that yeah i had not realized just as a little sidebar to that how mm-hmm. much of that i had internalized as a 10 year old or 11 year old or whatever was in a reddit until i reread that and went oh i had obviously taken that fully on board wholeheartedly Mm -hmm. and knew what not to do because i've worked in a ton of nursing homes Mm -hmm. and situations where there were people with aphasia or memory problems or stuff Mm -hmm. or dementia and i'd look after them and so much of that was the stuff that i had been kind of you know, carefully and painfully and painstakingly told not to do, but I've been sitting there going, why would you do that? Like, obviously mm. you should 
And I was just, I was just, I was like, yeah, you should, it's somewhere in there. I had been really internalized that you be Claudia, you don't be very young. God bless Anna mm-hmm. Martin. She told us everything we know. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> she, yeah, she really did. So the narrative perspective is Claudia, and I think she's explaining the situation. And she says, well, Marianne can sometimes be a little bit schoolteacherish. Um, and she's she's just drilling Mimi because she feels like she has to. This has been the instructions. And Mimi's getting more and more annoyed because she's not doing great at it. She's kind of tired or whatever this morning. And yeah, so she just loses the... She, she throws the biggest kind of tantrum that we ever see from Mimi, who is very mild-mannered in general, and she storms off. Um, and Marianne is like, what did I... Oh, I don't know. I don't know what to do. And then they sit down and they have tea and they both apologise for each other. Um, and they decide they're going to just watch Wheel of Fortune all afternoon, which is like such a, <laughs> which is such a good decision for everybody. Yes. <laughs> and, yes. and they've, they've completely sort of re... What is they've word? reconnected. They've reconnected and it's okay yes. by the end. But like, And yeah. I think also actually... It, it makes a good point that like Mimi needs to have some fun. Like yeah. they've all been focused so hard on making her do her physiotherapy and her speech therapy and her occupational therapy and stuff. And the Kishis are not big on fun aside from Claudia and Claudia's yeah. doing her best to be grown up and responsible and stuff. And like, yeah, sometimes you just need to like kick back and watch Wheel of Fortune and not a talk mm-hmm. show about tax reform, which was the first thing Marianne tried. Oh, and oddly enough, Mimi wasn't too taken with that. <laughs> I think it was just what was on and nobody said anything. And it was too awkward like, to discuss the te- the programming. This is what adults like, right? <laughs> yeah, Marianne's not the most fun focused either um, no. at, the, at the end of that. No, even, she's not. And like even Claudia is does fun stuff, but a lot of it is like productive fun it's like yeah, art that's she, true she creates you know yeah she <laughs> um, creates she babysits the thing i was gonna say about wheel of fortune is they were both calling out answers to the television by the end you're telling me that that's not speech therapy oh yeah Good point. absolutely <laughs> um so yeah that's a, a clearly a really um instructional kind of kind of chapter as well um but yes yeah, also very uh very sort of believably put together such a real and extremely common way to mess up in that situation i think yeah. as well yeah um like i i noticed this is another one where uh anna martin had some advice from a doctor is that um, the same doctor i meant to check and i, I forgot. didn't check i wasn't sure uh i don't know if she got like a pediatric endocrinologist for the first one and a gerontologist however you pronounce that for the second one i think it's gerontologist <laughs> yeah it's geriatric I will take your word for that. This is this is much closer to your wheelhouse. But um, Werner, let me find the other one. You can see that she did her research, and yeah, it's nice to see Mimi get to have some fun <laughs> and like mm. just just act like a, a granny. Like that's such a stereotypical granny thing to do. <laughs> like watch Wheel of Fortune <laughs> in the middle of the day and get real into it. <laughs> yeah. So um, Claudia and Janine eventually kind of uh, after just multiple rows um managed to sort of uh work out their differences with each other um and partly it is because Claudia has um been watching this other storyline unfold with the Newton family so yes um Jamie Newton is one of the regular uh clients that they have and he is three possibly four by now i don't know if everybody has aged a little bit he's, it was at his fourth birthday party that they oh. had the juice fight oh so god he's now four. yeah juice juice is used as a weapon in that house like yes we but we see the return of the juice fight they set a bad example <laughs> last week the the juice really fight. Um, but yeah so um Jamie has uh, this new little sister called Lucy, who's now seven months old, and it is her christening. And there's going to be a big party, which um, 
everybody has kind of not very uh the the parents have sort of managed to set up a situation where Jamie feels really left out um and Lucy is getting all the presents and all the attention and everybody's like oh she's so cute and Jamie's like little sister even though he loves her um, but he's he's just clearly sick and tired of this whole thing and it seems to go on for ages they're planning this party for like weeks it's yes, and they've had like custom cocktail napkins and matchbooks and stuff like it's a wedding. It's it's yeah, crazy. I was <laughs> yeah, perplexed by this. Um. So that, but um. Anyway, Jamie. Uh, matters come to a head at the at the. There's a point at the party where somebody puts down Lucy for the first time, and she's just in her her little chair, and um, Claudia observes from a distance, clearly in slow motion. Um, she sees Jamie <laughs> with a um a jug of red punch going over um clearly going to pour it on lucy and she's like no um but by the time she makes it over there he's actually changed his mind and he's put it down again she's like oh my god i thought you were gonna pour it over a christening dress <laughs> and he was like yeah but then i realized i love her she's my sister and i love her and claudia's like ah. <laughs> so because <laughs> she had previously nearly hit janine and yeah. just stopped herself at the last minute and she's like oh Hmm, this thing is like the other thing. I, I have all thinking to do. This mm-hmm. important conversation for the vital news that it's the same doctor. Aha! Mm. Uh-huh. Doctor, so it's Anna Martin's doctor friend. <laughs> yeah, ah, Dr. Johansson! <laughs> Dr. Claudia Werner, let's give her proper oh, credit. Very good, actually. Well, yeah, props to Claudia Werner. She's clearly given good advice here. <laughs> Stay away from quacks. And, uh, uh, yes. Yeah. And the other thing is, Right, because I hadn't realised where I got this idea from either. But I always have a thing that if I'm going to someone and being like, here's a present for your new baby, and there's an existing older sibling, mm-hmm. the older sibling gets a present. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I, I do that. I will always do that. And I was like, oh, this is also because of this book. Yeah. And I was like, I've learned, like, obviously, if I hadn't read these, I would just not have any... We're just feral humans. Social skills at all, apparently. Yeah, Anna Martin apparently made us all functional. Thanks, Anna Martin. Well, you know, let's not go too far here. (laughs) Functional is a strong word. As close to functional as we've got. We owe it all to her. We owe it all to to our parents. Doing a podcast about the Babysitter's Club, so functionality is... Um, okay. (laughs) We're functional within the very small nerd circles that we inhabit. (laughs) Oh, we're like... Pretty high ranked there in terms of functionality, I think. Um. Moderately, slightly above center. Yeah, we're the first of our friends to make a podcast. No, we're not. Yeah, guys, you hear that? No, we're not. Quiet, I need this. Um, no, I know what you're talking about. The uh, uh, Yes, shout out to the Adventuring Party. I'm sure they're, they're all listening to this. The Adventuring Party, an Irish gaming podcast, which has uh, probably minimal crossover with this one, except for us. Esther doesn't know those guys, so that's fine. Um possibly some listeners in common um anyway just before we move off the christening um there's a bit where they actually go to the church um which i thought at some point claudia was like oh we're not actually going to the church and then they go anyway she says we're not going to a church service it's just a ceremony in a church which i have highlighted and written that's the same thing no they mean it's not it's not mass mass, or it's just the christening I will take y'all's word for this That's as Christians. Entirely <laughs> <legit>. <laughs> it sounds like the same thing to me. I all. don't know what other brands of Christianity might do, 
But there's a difference between mass and the Christian bit. The Christian well, bit. Well, if, yeah. if they were Catholics, I would get that. But I, I, and I'm I, assuming they're not Catholics. So. To be honest, you always have mass at the Christian anyway. So I don't really know. Like the priest won't let yeah. you only do one bit of it. But I guess if they're Protestant, <laughs> yeah. that person will let them do only one bit of I don't understand but, it. No, anarchy. Don't... It's anarchy. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is also, I I think the outfit is still gonna be the same. Sorry, this is what the whole thing is about. She's like, Oh, it doesn't yeah, matter if I'm dressed church. a bit casual because, you know, uh we're only going to the ceremony or whatever. And I'm like, it but uh, uh, you dress nicer for a Christian than you do for normal normal church. Yeah, this there's gonna be gross. photos like. Um, yeah. So anyway, I don't I don't really get that uh, whole thing. I don't but, buy um, her logic at all. <laughs> Me neither, but I like her outfit. Yes, her outfit is good. Um, so she, I actually missed the outfit. So I'm just gonna say here, she says that christening goes fine, except Jamie keeps looking at his shoes, and I was like, okay. Claude, you've got some high standards for kids' behavior in church. Like every time I, I have been and, and, in a church with a child, they have it has it has <laughs> ex, ex, every single time I've wound up pursuing the child at high speed around the inside of the building, generally while the ceremony or what have you is going on. Um, sometimes with them trying to hide in parts of the church they're not allowed into, um, and also my own wedding. This more or less the same thing happened, except that it wasn't a church. <laughs> um, so, oh yes, we, like, we extensively went through how my daughter ruined your wedding last week. Toothbrush time. Good time. My favorite child in um, a child in a child in, in a church service uh, memories are the uh, during Holy Communion, uh, a very small voice piping up, "Mommy, why can't I have a biscuit?" Uh, <laughs> Um, oh, that's complicated to explain. <laughs> like, I know, right? Well, we'll get, this is actually the body of Let's Not. Uh, also, we'll get you a bag of wafers on the way home. Kid. It's like, it's like non-sweet rice paper. You don't want it. Um, <laughs> but, um, the, uh, the other was, uh, we had this trendy priest at one stage uh, when I was Ooh. a kid at a Christmas mass. And he asked a little boy to come up and talk during the, if I ask him to the queue, I don't know, he talked to this child during the, the sermon. And he asked the little boy, like, did Santa come? And what do you bring him? And then he asked him, and what are you going to have for dinner later today? And you could actually see the mother go scarlet because the <laughs> child said, fish fingers! <laughs> I've said it before, and I'll say it again, there's no shame in a fish finger. Yeah. I had fish fingers for dinner uh two days ago. And it was, they were, I hadn't had fish fingers in years and I should. They hold up. They're good. They are damn good. I had a fish finger taco, um, at a very hipstery Ooh. bar, uh, a yeah. Christmas or two ago. And it was Ooh. really nice, actually. <laughs> it would be good. Fish fingers are. <laughs> yeah. She just I did just a chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. <laughs> Yeah, also, Claudia is a bit dismayed that Jamie, like, yells at the minister, hey, God bless you, which, like, I'm guessing the minister counts as a win. Like, yeah. Jamie's clearly got the concept of church. I don't know what Claudia wanted from this poor child. <laughs> he looked at his shoes and yelled, hey, God, that's adorable. That's a good son. Minister's going to have that story about, hey, God, bless you, you know. Exactly. Like, he didn't projectile vomit in the church. Come on. Like, what do you want? <laughs> yes. He's not a screaming tantrum. He didn't steal a toothbrush. You know, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Claudia has very high standards, which I guess is you know, consistent with her family background. Maybe, maybe she doesn't go to church much. I'm guessing she doesn't. So she doesn't, it's the kind of thing where you're at an unfamiliar um, 
cultural ceremony and you're like, what is the etiquette? Am I violating it? Oh my God. Am I responsible I for this child who's now like drinking the font water? <laughs> Wait, you're not meant to do that? <laughs> yeah, you're not. <laughs> it's full of bacteria. <laughs> if you do, it probably cures something. Only if you drink it from a bishop's skull. No, it's disgusting. It's full of like diseases. <laughs> no, I did air quotes. I don't mean it actually cures something. Oh my God, don't drink it. Our listeners don't know if you do finger quotes, Eva. I think the inverted commas were audible. We do a lot of pauses anyway. I said cures something. Those are audible inverted commas. Okay, okay you, that time they were audible. Also, you, you can't just leave the bishop skull thing there. I posted something on Facebook years ago. Um about, oh, I think I was just telling people to vaccinate their kids for whooping cough. You know, the way I do <laughs> on a regular basis. And um uh saying, you know, whooping cough is bad. Various people I know had it or, you know, as children and it was terrible. And um somebody I met in college a few times briefly, um, it cheerfully said, Oh yeah, my my grandmother was um uh they tried to cure whooping cough by getting her to drink holy water out of a bishop's skull. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, we were like, how did they get a bishop's skull? Asher, someone would just have one. And also, did she? I presume she was cured of it. Like, <laughs> I mean, you get better eventually, mostly. And, uh, you know, probably. <laughs> like, that's the thing. Uh, you see, you said that, and I didn't remember hearing that, but I also remember thinking, oh, yeah, that's the sort of thing people would try to do, all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it tracks. <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah. uh, Catholic Ireland. Um, you know, put water from this holy well into your eyes and crawl through the window of the church three times and it'll cure your blindness. Cows were drinking out of the well. I wouldn't actually wreck Tuberney of Dervla. Oh. in County Mayo. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend actually trying to cure your blindness from it. You probably get conjunctivitis on top of whatever else is wrong with you. <laughs> yeah, maybe they cancel each other out. Oh. The system works. <laughs> apparently one of those holy wells um they uh, which had uh, curative properties they went back and they tested the water and it was full of lithium um oh. like yeah dissolved lithium salts so <laughs> it was people you know seemed to come away That'll much happier like <laughs> fix your melancholy right I mean, yeah melancholia be gone right yes yeah i guess <laughs> Briefly, uh, you want to move in next to the well if you want to continue yeah, you're gonna to have, have the to benefits. Keep coming back. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Claudia has this has this moment of clarity um, mm-hmm. because Jamie is convinced that because everyone loves the baby so much that they don't love him, mm-hmm. and she explains to him that like, no, everyone loves both of you, and it's not like it's not a question of people like one of you more than the other. And then it occurs to her that maybe this applies to other families, namely her own family. So I know. Delightful moment. <laughs> so she goes up to Janine and actually asks to have an actual conversation with her. And they they get into it and they air their grievances. And so it turns out that as much as Claudia has been resenting Janine, uh, Janine has been resenting Claudia because... Claudia never asks her to help with anything. Um, and because Claudia and, is pretty and fun. Uh, yes. And has a strong social life, um, which hasn't is, occurred to uh, Claudia that this is something that Janine sort of um, would feel bad about. Um, yes. And feel because the lack Claudia of. thinks that Janine thinks Claudia's life is shallow and useless, basically. 
And it turns out that actually Janine feels really insecure about it because Claudia has friends and runs a small business and is creative and stuff. And basically, this is where I texted uh, Karen and Aoife during the week and said that I wanted to smack the Kishi parents upside the head because both of their children are convinced that they're the less favoured one. Janine thinks everyone loves Claudia because she's pretty unpopular and like has social skills. Claudia thinks everyone loves Janine because Janine is smart and successful at school. Um, even I, I hate to say this heresy, but like even Mimi has kind of let like Janine is convinced that Mimi loves Claudia more than she loves her. And Mimi's a lot more kind of tender towards Claudia. Mm. And like yeah. this is just kind of bad parenting and i'm very angry Mm. (laughs) like it's it's very sad it's very believable and it's very sad and Mm -hmm. like nobody is happy nobody feels like they're winning in the situation (laughs) i think the thing with janine it actually just as you said it there reminded me of something that i remember my mom saying to me when i was kind of a teenager or something and her going i can't remember what we were talking about something that had upset me when i was quite small or that i hadn't understood and that i was you know, upset about because I hadn't grasped the situation. And she said to me, I'm sorry, Eve, you were always so bright and you always, you talked so like an adult. I would forget sometimes that you only understood like a child. And I think that's probably what's been happening with Janine. They're like, well, Janine is so mature and she, and yeah, she understands the words, but she's well, like still she's 15. 15. And I think that that's probably a large part of what's been happening with Janine. They just, you know, assume that she is extrapolating. And let's face it, like, no, Janine is not extrapolating the emotional implications of this situation. No. She is not. Claudia is probably doing a better job of that. Um, and they're just assuming that, well, she, she must know and understand that we're leaving her be, but we would welcome her if she came out of a room and tried to join in or that, you know, I'm assuming that there's an awful lot where they're going, well, she understands so much, she must understand this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an excellent point. Yeah, Janine feels that she's only valued because she's smart and that everyone kind of doesn't want her around, that they just want her to go be a physicist. Yeah. Um, which is heartbreaking. Like, that's a terrible, terrible way to feel. Mm-hmm. Um, so I they actually... My physics. <laughs> I know, yeah. Claudia's yeah. like, mom or dad will die if they don't get a physicist out of this family. <laughs> Although, in fairness, she's actually joking when she says that. Yes. <laughs> um, and, and Janine laughs at it. So, thankfully, they have come to sort of a better understanding of what their parents have sort of unintentionally set up by this yes, stage. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Claudia actually, like, helps Janine out. She kind of gives her some advice on how to sort of connect with Mimi and to say, like, don't mm. wait to be invited. She would probably love to hang out with you. And they start mm. having tea together and stuff, which is very sweet. There's a really interesting um, uh, specific quote that I've been... Um, uh, Claudia is saying, uh, it's like, I don't know, maybe if you change, mom and dad and Mimi and I will change too. Janine nodded her head. I see, she said, yes, that's very sensible. Um, but don't change too much, I added. Mom and dad will die if they don't get a physicist out of this family. Janine laughed. <clears throat> so that line about maybe if you change, the rest of us will change. Is Claudia actually um, uh, sort of reworking the advice that Mimi gave her in the second book? Yes. So she says exactly that. And I was like, that's 
but just a really impressive piece of character development that they've carried across a series of books. Yeah, wow. Um, I totally missed that. Uh, yeah. It only occurred to me kind of uh, going back over it, um, but uh, it was like, yeah, no, that's that makes a lot of sense. And like, again, their problems are not all resolved in this book. I know that there there is more coming down the line, but it does seem to air a lot of the sort of the grievances. You do see, see them continue to try and work on stuff they know what the problems forward. are now yeah yeah i think which is you know step one mm-hmm. yes so yeah then uh sort of the summer goes by uh mimi is continuing to improve and claudia um is hanging out on the porch with her and claudia has this whole time uh assumed that she calls mimi stroke by stressing her out basically mm-hmm. so she breaks down and apologizes and Mimi explains to her that um, that's not how bodies work and, you know, she is old and she hadn't been feeling well for a while and it's not Claudia's fault, uh, which is, you know, necessary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Janine turns up and she offers to take Mimi on a, a walk down the road. And so, yeah, everyone's sort of bonding nicely mm-hmm. um, and kind of they they finish up in a good place now let's talk about the hilarious babysitting shenanigans <laughs> oh boy yeah so when we last were talking about the play group jenny prezioso had turned up in one of her ludicrous angel outfits her mother insists on calling her an angel which is hilariously douchey which is incompatible with her personality <laughs> very much so <laughs> Um, so yes, Jenny wants to play in the yard, but she falls over in her unsuitable shoes, but she also doesn't want to take off her unsuitable shoes and they don't know what to do with her. And then the next day, oh yeah, so they're all kind of menacingly muttering, like, we have to do something about Jenny. Marianne's going to have to deal with Jenny somehow. (laughs) Yeah. It really sounds like they're meant to take out a hit on Jenny. She's Marianne's problem. If it wasn't for Marianne in book four, she wouldn't be alive right now. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> like that's yeah. I, I referred to it the other day as Marianne saves the day, and the other girls secretly wish she hadn't. <laughs> oh it's well, it's a, like that old-fashioned concept of like the life debt thing, where if you um you save someone's <laughs> life, that then you you're are responsible, responsible for them. them. Yeah, and you're like <laughs> they can come to you asking for favors because, like, yeah, well, I wouldn't need this job, you know, if you hadn't <laughs> saved my life, I'd be dead. I wouldn't have to worry about earning money. So yeah, this is oh. <laughs> um it's a a very traditional narrative that's uh, yes. <laughs> They they're hilariously blaming Jenny for stuff that even they admit isn't really her fault. Like Claire asks Jenny for a crayon, Jenny says no, so Claire turns around and hits Susie Barrett. She's <laughs> like, I really feel like it's a stretch to blame that on Jenny. Well I mean Listen girls, your playgroup is falling apart. You know, you just we know you need a scapegoat. <laughs> So into this powder keg comes Karen Brewer, um, who who saunters in and announces, "Here we are!" And I I wish I had that kind of self self belief like, <laughs> yeah. to, to just announce your arrival at a place. And like, yeah, I'm absolutely here for it. So Karen sort of immediately susses out that there's a bit of a fraught atmosphere. And she, she spies Jenny's like 
an appropriate outfit and she the girls have been trying to get Jenny to put on a smock to cover it up so that they won't get in trouble for like her getting paint all over her dress or whatever and Jenny is refusing because she doesn't want to cover her beautiful dress blah mm-hmm. blah blah uh Karen helpfully chips in that her little brother Andrew has been cursed by our friend Morbid of Destiny and will turn into a monster if Karen doesn't put on her smock <laughs> which puts Jenny in fear for her life and convinces her to put on her smock. It's mm-hmm. amazing. This is like terrible sort of child minding advice, but it works. Yep, mm-hmm. it gets results. That's Karen Brewer for you. She gets shit done. Yeah, I was like, it's in principle this seems like um it's it's not uh conversant with the whole sort of um gentle parenting movement, but in practice it seems like a great idea. <laughs> Unethical, but it works. Um, I mean, yeah. the thing is, it's fine. The ethical dilemma is resolved because the babysitters aren't the one doing it. It's Karen Brewer and they didn't tell her to. They're just turning a blind eye to it. Yeah, like, <laughs> fuck it, it makes life easier. Which is that not the parenting experience to some yes. degree? I mean, yes. I wasn't. I know you're not meant to, but oh God, they're quiet now. Qu- quite, a, quite a lot of parenting is sort of realizing that actually you you would do that thing that you swore you'd never do when you didn't have kids and you knew everything. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was like, well, I know I don't know everything, but, you know, surely some of my, my um, you know, things I have read about will become useful. <laughs> like, mm, fewer than you would expect. <laughs> I did a lot of reading. If you need to outsource terrorizing your child to another slightly less small child, sometimes that's just the compromise you have to make to get through the day. <laughs> And um, Karen Brewer is there to provide that terror for you. Um, So, yeah, I think Jenny puts on the smock and then um, insists on continuing to wear the smock. Uh, even when she goes home at a further days. It's also, it's Stacy's dad's shirt. Yes. (laughs) She's just stolen his business shirt. It's an old shirt. I think we're we're informed. It's not like... Yeah, old shirt. It's not like running around the yard going, Stacy, I have a meeting, you know, I need it back. Um, but, uh, but Jenny's mother is very annoyed about this because Jenny insists on wearing it and she can't show off any of her outfits. <laughs> like, um, I was like, also, you know, this, this could have been resolved by them going to Mrs. Prezioso and going, I'm sorry, Jenny can't come to the playgroup unless she wears suitable clothes to play outside. She will be playing outside and she might get dirty. Mm-hmm. If this doesn't work for you. She shouldn't come to the playgroup. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, Marianne yeah. basically says, like, maybe we should just let her get dirty, because uh, her mother oh, has to learn. Done. The yes. mother, what's the mother going to do? Like, not hire them again? They don't want her to hire them again. <laughs> Marianne yeah. does, though. She, she loves Jenny Prezioso. I think they're also afraid that somehow the word, word will get out, that they allowed an outfit to get dirty, and then the parents will no longer send their children to the $5 a morning playgroup perhaps i mean like uh, uh, i think illegal playgroup illegal playgroup <laughs> all of the other children are wearing clothes that can get dirty so not a single mm. one do you honestly think a single one of those other parents who all know the preciosos <laughs> are going to listen to miss Pre- mrs precioso on the phone to mrs pike who has a million and four children being like and you wouldn't believe it she went to the playgroup and her beautiful white lace dress got dirty <laughs> what are they doing with them and mrs pike they're going can you stop murdering each other please thank you children going yeah that's nice bye <laughs> you, i just want you to imagine mrs pike's facial expression though if i also tried to get this shut down for that reason yeah uh-huh your child got dirty you say <laughs> I kind of want a fan fiction about Mrs. Pike's inner monologue as Mrs. Preciosa sounds off at her. Yes. 
<laughs> um, make an amazing one act play or something. <laughs> there, um, there are some other uh, entertaining things that happen at the um, illegal playground. <laughs> oh yes, um, including what Stacy describes as something great that probably could never have happened in New York City. Which is just the highest praise that there is, quite frankly. <laughs> um, I forget which one was that. Was this the, the thing where um, the dog comes along? The dog got covered in spaghetti. And yes. Christy's mom was like, you guys deal with it. <laughs> that was sort of a delightful comedic interlude. Yes. <laughs> um, they, they, they washed the dog and then, who was it? Someone had a shit fit about the dog's gender presentation being wrong now because they put bows in him. And he yes. They, well, yes. David Michael is worried that when they move to the fancy part of town, the other rich people and their rich dogs will make fun of Louis for not being fancy enough. So, so he they, wants to they fluff up, up his fur and put ribbons on him and get his good leash on, which is just adorable yes. I love David Michael so yes they wash him everybody gets completely drenched in the process uh, one of the kids freaks out because they think he's shrunk in the wash because he's no longer floofy but they <laughs> eventually dry him off when he becomes floofy again uh, yes he, they French braid his fur they put ribbons on the braids they put nail polish on his claws and he has his little like plaid Burberry leash or whatever and then Nicky Pike asks if he has any clothes like a sweater or <laughs> <laughs> a golf sweater <laughs> Yes. With all those rich dogs. Exactly, he's got to be a preppy dog. Yes, Christy <laughs> actually tied in a knot around his shoulders. He doesn't actually want to wear it. <laughs> Beautiful. Christy worries a bit that people might think he's too girlish, mm. so she says that she'll just say his name is Luella, and nobody just will know the difference. Very gender forward, actually. You know. Yes. <laughs> um, no, uh, it's, the, it's the very bit cute. About this that I liked best was the bit where. Um, uh, somebody reassures David Michael that the dog won't get judged. They won't know that he's um, he's not a purebred collie. He actually has a um, a sheepdog sheep grandfather. grandfather. And um, David Michael says darkly, "Rich people find out all sorts of things you wish they didn't know." And I was like, it's, "What is this backstory here?" It's yeah. Christy actually who says this. Um, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, like she's clearly referencing something specific and I really want to know what like I know who are the rich they people have ways and probably just some piece of random this happened 40 years ago in Stonybrook gossip <laughs> that she overheard some grown-ups talking about it but I think that that it's little snippets like that that give me that um L.M. Montgomery feel about it. Yeah, that's <laughs> so true. Actually, yeah. like, what is it? What yeah. happened? <laughs> there is a story there and I desperately wish we knew it. Yes. <laughs> These people. I mean, Morbid of Destiny is rich and she probably can scry on you in a silver yeah. dish of water or whatever. I mean, but she has a talent here. <laughs> um, yeah. So that reminds me of the thing, the thing where you're like, you know, if you've got a crystal ball, you must keep it covered at all times. And the person buying the crystal ball is like, because of spirits? And the person selling them is like, no, because if the, the sun hits it, it'll focus it into a beam and cause a fire. Jesus. <laughs> I'm just going to duck out for 10 seconds and get a glass of water. You I'm going to do the on. same, but there's going to be alcohol in mine. Get water awesome. and alcohol. Go. I've been drinking. I don't know about you guys. Well, I have. I I had a white wine spritzer, but I need to get, I keep my wine in the fridge. That's why, because I'm ah. not. I'm not an animal. I finished my wine like in ten minutes. <laughs> that's fair. I'm I have to keep drinker. my wine upstairs with me because I'm hiding in the attic from, from my children. children. <laughs> <laughs> As is right and proper. That's true wine mom spirit. I like it. <clears throat> okay, we need to talk about um the junk food. Yeah. So I, I went and did some research on this. There was literally the start of a chapter 
that, like, one of the sentences is basically just a list of brand names. At the time okay. I first read it, I didn't know any of them. Now I know one of them, and that's Twinkies. Okay. I'm the first to admit it. I'm a junk food addict. I like candy. I like cookies. I like things with funny names such as Ho-Hos, Ring Dings, Ding Dongs, and Twinkies. I stock up on stuff I like and stash it around my room. Uh, and she goes into other things that she has stashed uh, along with her Nancy Drew books. So, yeah, I was like, what are these sweets? Because, yeah, like you, I didn't know what any of those were. Um, when I was reading this and I had no way of finding out, um, like I had a, like I had a close friend who was a, a American and occasionally had exotic stuff, like American foods. Uh, but like I, even she, I don't know if she would know all of these. So I looked them up. Okay. Ho-hos are, um, basically chocolate Swiss rolls. Um, they, uh, date from the 1920s. Ringdings, uh, and ding-dongs are basically the same snack. Um, except I, <laughs> I read a, an article comparing the two, uh, which ah. decided, so they both are basically like chocolate Kimberly biscuits, except they have Ooh. cream inside. Um, so they're basically, they're, they're round cake snacks with chocolate coating. Um, one of them, uh, ringdings are apparently far superior according to secondratesnacks.com. Um, <laughs> and they love both, the internet age. <laughs> they both date to, the 60s. Um, and then Twinkies are a golden sponge cake roll with vanilla filling um, from the 1930s. So these are all ancient 90, like 20th century snacks um, that are all some kind of cake with a creamy filling. I'm like, Anna Martin, what are you trying to pull here? These are old lady snacks. <laughs> <laughs> but they're not. Like, they're still just immediately, they're still packaged junk food. Like, they're still, I don't know if they're, uh, Twinkies are. Yeah, oh, Twinkies. So, no, they're all, well, actually, so Ringdings and Ding Dongs are now the same thing. They have been um, kind of amalgamated. And they may have been at the time that this happened. Are they called Ring Dongs? Because that's what they should have done. They should have done that, but <laughs> really I don't should. think so. I think there's only one of them available now. Are um, they still on the go? Like, I I think one of them is. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I don't know. Perhaps our listeners can uh, <laughs> clarify this, the situation. Um, but this, this again, is starting to feel a bit like uh, reminiscences of childhood. And also, Anna Martin has uh, specific snacks. She has a thing that she likes. So if you're trying to like get her to do you a favor, you should show up at her house with a selection of these. <laughs> That's my take on it. The thing I looked up was top ciders, which were uh, Jamie's oh. shoes. Yes. They're- Deck shoes. Yeah. Mm? Doobs. Like boat shoes that oh. like D4 guys would wear. Doobs. Oh my god, he was a little... <laughs> yeah, he was wearing little doobs. He was a little bro. <laughs> yeah. She did describe it as a preppy outfit and I was like, I don't know what top sliders are. They send like sneakers or something and I looked them up and I was like, oh, oh, it really is a preppy outfit. Oh, those shoes. <laughs> yeah. So those people wear. Uh, somebody gave my... uh my four-year-old, um, yeah, a friend of ours who gives us like loads of super fancy clothes that are like crazy adorable when you can get them into them. Um, she gave him a, a blazer and it's actually quite a fancy brand of blazer. And, uh, we put it on him over a pair of jeans and I was like, Oh my God, he looks like a hipster. <laughs> like, <laughs> he did a very cute little tiny hipster though. He was. He was he, no, exactly. Like he was an adorable tiny hipster. And I, I feel just slightly more comfortable with hipster. Like if, if I had suddenly had a tiny bro on my hands, I would have been like, oh, I, I'm not sure. <laughs> I feel to- like I need to do some educating. <laughs> don't, 
Don't get him some tiny dupes then. He has to look like he's wearing it ironically. Yeah. Yes. Like I'm I'm okay with him like suddenly developing an interest in like vinyl or something. I think I can that feels like it's within my wheelhouse. <laughs> Has Baby Shark come out in vinyl yet? <laughs> Ooh, I wonder. Oh, actually also apropos of Anna Martin's weird um old-fashioned cultural references Mm -hmm. there was a a comment about the kids uh making loads of elephant jokes as if that was kind of a category of thing and then one of them makes one which is completely impenetrable and like (laughs) the point of it is that mimi doesn't get it like i don't get it either i'm with mimi on this but i looked up elephant jokes and they were apparently like a meme among college kids in the 60s. Oh. Like, how many wow. elephants can you fit in a blah, blah, blah? How many elephants does it take to blah, blah, oh, blah? Oh, I've heard that. If yeah. it was a meme yeah. among college kids in the 60s, then by the 80s, children would know them. Is there a punchline of take off their hats or something? Probably. There's a, there's a whole Wikipedia page about these. They're like, they're a known thing. <laughs> um, I, I actually feel like I would only know about this from perhaps other books in this series the so, only one of them that yeah. i ever heard as a kid was uh how do you know if there's an elephant in your fridge there'll be footprints in the butter in the butter yeah i'm yeah. pretty sure that was an azag and zag joke book <laughs> very possibly i think these were definitely circulating among kids for long after they were but like yeah. that makes sense but it does also resonate with like anna martin is putting in a lot of her own references yes for I sure like yeah like i believe it actually speaking of like old-fashioned things I, I i really you could not do this in a modern adaptation so it's like uh janine is says asked claudia's letter save this she pressed a few keys waited a moment then touched something or, or other that made the screen go black <laughs> could you imagine writing something from the perspective of a 12 year old these days that had that little knowledge of how a computer might work. <laughs> that is that vague. Yeah. yeah. Like, she just types a lot. All she does is sit up there and type. Like, I, I'm sure that's not what she's doing. I'm sure she's coding or something. No, no, no. I get that. And I, you know, I'm okay with that aspect. Uh-huh. I touched something or other that made this screen go black. <laughs> like, might that be the power button? <laughs> like, or... Is it Claudia's absolute scorn? for everything that Janine holds dear. It's just like, then she did some computer magic and it went away. I don't even know. I'm not going to nerd up by pretending to know what a power key is. (laughs) Okay, so maybe Claudia might have known a little more than this in 1987, but it's being written by Anna M. Martin. Yeah. probably has a word processor. (laughs) This could have been easily typed. This could have been typewritten. Um, Yeah, it could have been. Like, that's the thing. Anna Martin might not have known what to write for that because Windows 95 wasn't out yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the screen is making Janine's face go green. Like, that's that's really old school. Like, <laughs> that, like, like black that. screen with the green lettering on it. With the green lettering, yeah. That's, that's, that's um, like DOS or something. Yeah, it would have been. Do you guys remember there's a... Media is not always good at computers. Um, mm. So, like, there's just so many movies in which hackers do... Th- Un, like unrealistic oh. things, um, but also I will not hear a word against hackers. Actually, <laughs> <Angelina Jolie. laughs> no, okay. no, I don't mean to like cast aspersions on that particular respect movie. bisexual um, culture, Karen. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Okay, no, the one I was actually <laughs> thinking of is um, there's a Kelly Rowland video, which apparently she is still trying to live down, like 20 years later, where um, she sends a message 
to uh their the boyfriend um on the screen and like everybody's question is how did you send him a message on excel (laughs) (laughs) and she's like look i I don't know what excel is i'm a pop star i've never needed to use it in my life you know i have an accountant (laughs) guys leave me alone it was 2001 I remember like, okay, that, yeah, okay, it's like yeah, a little yeah. flip phone with a spreadsheet. <laughs> it's nonsensical. Oh my god. The um, thing is, it was 2001, they should have known people knew. Yeah. Uh, I think it was, it was well late enough for there to be plenty of people out there who knew yeah. what yeah. Excel was. So, yeah. You really got away with that in 2001. In, in 1991, <laughs> sure. Yeah, I remember in like, in Dexter, everyone's phones texted Times New Roman or something really unrealistic like that. Like, it was, it was just, there was no effort put into making it believable. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, so Janine's computer stuff is very vague vague and something to do with physics possibly who knows possibly if it turned out that she could zoom in on a thing and enhance you would not be at all surprised (laughs) i don't think her computer could show him i mean no it probably doesn't have graphics but it had ascii images (laughs) (laughs) Um, oh god we're all showing our age now (laughs) Oh, you know Janine was an early, our early netizen. Oh, a hundred percent. Yes. Oh my God, that's what she's doing online. She's, she's, she's on the on boards. Bulletin no, boards. She, oh, she probably did have. Yeah. She's on a mailing list or something, or a listserv. 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 Yes. <laughs> Ooh, she could be. Um, if she's like really acting out and like taking a break from her studies, she might be on like a moo or something. Yes. <laughs> Which like, would actually explain why she's so absorbed in it. Like, yeah. Um, oh yeah. Those those guys were on like for like yeah. all the time. Yeah, <laughs> just hanging out in a virtual hot tub. Claudia knows nothing about her sister's like <laughs> um, virtual life. And Janine's like, look, I cannot. I just can't explain this. There is no point in me even beginning to try to explain <laughs> to Claudia what I'm doing in my sp- like. So I'm just. I'm just going to tell her, yeah, I'm coding. Yeah, no, you yeah, don't understand. Yeah, I'm too no. smart. You're too, <laughs> you're not smart enough for this. I can't explain to you when a Kirk and a Spock love each other very much. <laughs> you're not, you're not old enough. Guys, we've cracked another mystery. <laughs> yes. This, uh, her entire behavior makes way more sense. Yeah. Uh, so I think, are we at um, the, the fashion breakdown? Because we have some savage oh, yes. fashion, fashion insults. Oh, yeah, breakdown time. <laughs> Yet again have blouses turning up. Someone is complaining in the morning that she ironed her blouse for school and now it got wrinkled. Hmm. I mean, when I was a I child, think that's Janine. my mother used to refer to my school shirts as blouses. Hmm. Yeah. I know they were shirts because they then got handed down to my brother and were bought oh, in right. the same place they were identical in every way but when they were on me they were blouses and when they were on him they were shirts but a Mm. they don't have uniforms and b it's the summer holidays she's wearing a blouse in the holidays i think this is um yeah i think this is a janine thing she's just dressing slightly formal claudia says the most savage thing that i've encountered in these books um which is uh yes (laughs) janine wears clothes that are blah 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 when she outgrows them and passes them along to me i pass them right along to christy thomas who marriott spear they don't care too much about clothes but i wouldn't be caught dead in janine things i'd rather have to pay for all new clothes with my babysitting money than wear janine's free but yucky button-down shirts gray kilts and crew neck sweaters fucking savage poor christy and marianne so two things struck me about the button-down shirts gray kilts and crew neck sweaters first one was 
Yeah, I'd wear those. The second one was, it also kind of sounds like a school uniform, though. Mm. It does a bit, but, like, these clothes are shitty, so I'll give them to you, my best friends. (laughs) (laughs) My really uncool best friend. (laughs) They're actually fine clothes, it's just a signal of her contempt for her friends yeah. fashion sense like <laughs> incredibly scathing also just as an side note because it's on the same page why would your parents want you to be a physicist <laughs> like it's a weird do they have a specific also physics is broad do they have a specific goal in mind I mean, are you sitting there going it's the middle of the cold war Get on those nukes, girl. <laughs> you know. The end goal is that you get to say, my daughter, the physicist. <laughs> the, okay. I, the, the end goal of parenting is either that you get to say, my son, the doctor, or my son, the lawyer, or in this case, because they're progressive, my daughter, the physicist. That yeah. is their goal. Um, it's not about physics being lucrative. It's not about like what exact use she's putting her physics to. It's like, they get to have a physicist for a kid. So if she had shown an inclination towards microbiology, they would be encouraging that just as well. I mean, she's only I mean, 15, you it's know? It's a soft science, I don't know. <laughs> is microbiology? What is this? Look, According uh, to hardcore physics nerds, yes. Oh yeah, well physics think everything is a science. This yeah. specific attitude is only familiar to me from the Big Bang Theory. Like, this is, I mean, if her parents are Sheldon and Amy, then yes, okay. <laughs> like, um, I'm not, uh, like, generally, yeah, I would have thought it was doctors and lawyers. Um, her own parents, uh, it's interesting. I totally hadn't, like, clocked what their professions were previously. Um, but she specifies that her dad is an investment banker and her mom is a librarian, or is the head librarian in, uh, Stony Brook. Um, and apparently, <laughs> The library doesn't stock Nancy Drews at all. I'm like, really? Even in the kids section? Because if kids want to read That's a particular a library. genre of book. That's a library. Nancy Drews is like cultural staple. Yeah. Also, I can't believe, right, that the librarian mother of a child who's doing badly in school mm-hmm. isn't sitting there going, yes, let's encourage her to read. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, she, they should be over the moon that she's voluntarily reading anything. Like, yeah this is a win is there like she would be sitting there doing nothing but watching i don't know when was mtv out 86 i think so yeah watching mtv which yeah. was brand new at the time and like i think yeah. i'd have watched mtv it was like if it was brand new i was definitely watching it in 1998 um before it turned into the all cribs show um, <laughs> yes. but, yeah like, i watched it when there was music on it <laughs> again we're showing our age we're very old again with the quiches just not being very good parents Parents. like there's this whole bit at the start where claudia says her mother says that she's always been a teenager because she's difficult to live with and that janine has never been a teenager because she never gives anyone any trouble this is the worst thing you could Mm. possibly say to your children this is Mm -hmm. like textbook terrible parenting like i was the older uncool academically inclined sibling to a younger cool popular not academically inclined sibling and did you have a lot of pressure to be a physicist (laughs) (laughs) they would be very disappointed if they had Um, no uh no i didn't and my parents worked to mitigate that i mean they fucked up sometimes because everyone does and Mm -hmm. i think you know rory definitely felt that i was the favorite but that was mostly because i didn't like 
smash things and give cheek very often. Um, you know, I never took a bite out of a foam football in front of my teacher, Rory, okay? Some things are on you. Some things are on you, Rory. Uh, but for the most part, but like, you know, for the most part, they tried to mitigate the fact. Yeah. That's what you're meant to do. That's the whole yeah. thing. Are we going to find out why he ate a football? I think it's better not knowing. I think the reality could only disappoint. He doesn't know. He doesn't know. It was an impulse. We should probably get back to this anyway. Yeah. Okay. That's a turn. All right. So Stacy has an outfit that I've just flagged up because of its performative New Yorkness. Um, <laughs> she's wearing knee length lime green shorts, matching green high top sneakers and a large white t-shirt with a gigantic taxi cab on the front. <laughs> lest anyone forget where she's from for a moment. <laughs> Dawn, in a surprisingly New York kind of outfit, she usually goes for California casual, was wearing striped pants with suspenders over a red shirt. Hmm. I mean, I would wear striped pants with suspenders over a red shirt. Yeah. I I think that's pretty current, actually. It's um, it's pro yeah, it's probably fine. I, I mainly flagged it because it's the first use of the term California casual, which is gonna become an iconic cliche uh, of this that series. Gives yes. me hives. <laughs> it's also really <laughs> yeah. vague. I, I still don't know what it's meant to mean. Tie dye. Like beach bum stuff. I guess it I means guess. tie dyed. I yeah. don't know. Tie dye t shirts. Stuff that well. makes you look like a stoner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it. Hey, do you remember in Hocus Pocus when the kid is wearing a tie-dyed t-shirt in school and the bullies call him Hollywood? That. Oh. Fair enough. Okay. All right. We've, we've established a, a working definition for California casual. Due to its strong association with California hippie culture in the 1960s, by the 80s and 90s, wearing tie-dye meant could only mean that you were from California. <laughs> So everyone is just basically dressed as their state. Um, <laughs> we, we have to assume the other three girls are all just dressed as Connecticut, whatever. Although, <laughs> well, like, Cla- Claudia is in there mixing it. I mean, Chrissy and Marianne, I think. Yeah. I suppose maybe Janine's, like, blouses and stuff are dressing as Chrissy, Connecticut. Marianne, and Janine exemplify <laughs> in their clothing choices, like, you swipe red Connecticut thing. Yeah. They they are just as basic bitches, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They don't have on boots yet, but no, they would if they yes. existed would if they had at them. that point. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Jenny Preziosa wears an assortment of party dresses with puff sleeves, assorted like shiny shoes, and lace socks. socks and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yes, I remember girls at primary school who wore those frilly socks, and they were always kind of mean. Um, I kind of think <laughs> of them had... as like mean girl socks. <laughs> I had a pair of those frilly socks yeah. for my communion, but when I was a kid, I wouldn't, and you had to turn them down, you know, and sometimes yeah. my mom, I had them to wear on special occasions, and you had to turn them down, and that was how this was work, but I always pulled all my socks up as high as possible, so I was just like, I refuse to do this, and I would not have a fold in them, and I would pull them up as high as I could. And you rebel! Fight that yeah. power! This is how I roll. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm like, I have, I think I've got through all of my notes, except for, um, I don't know if you guys have noticed that at this point, I don't know if she stops doing it later on, but we're still being given, um, context for the chapter three TM where we hear about the fact that Stacey has diabetes and et cetera. Um, and that various people's parents are divorced, uh, and that, um, she's sort of still justifying what's happening while the narrator is 
explaining this to you. Um, so at one point, um, Dawn is riding her bike and thinking about this and yes. sort of explaining to you. And then, um, in uh, the, the Christie book, she walks into the room, <laughs> the, the meeting and is like, I took advantage of the situation, um, where she's standing in the doorway to take a good long look at them. And then she explains <laughs> the whole thing and they must be sitting there going, why is Christy just staring, <laughs> standing in the doorway? I'm glad they stopped. You know what? It was not seamlessly woven into the narrative. No. I'm glad they stopped no. trying. Well, yeah. And so in, um, in this book, um, Claudia is sitting at the breakfast table with her family and she zones out <laughs> and breakfast is over <laughs> by the time she's finished explaining, you know, <laughs> that like Stacey My is parents from New York. always found me difficult. Janine is very smart. She's taking college level computer classes <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, Claudia, eat Claudia. your breakfast and get out the door. <laughs> I'm actually having a look at this, right? So it's weird because we're talking about, oh, like, you know, this dynamic and the parents aren't like, but in one of the early bits where she's doing this, so I can hardly ever even talk to Janine. She uses such big words. It's like talking to Webster's Dictionary. Sometimes she teases me about not being as smart as she is. Mom mm-hmm. says she does that because underneath she wishes you were a little like me with friends and interests and stuff. Interest. She has interests. It's the only yeah. thing she has. Uh, she's left out of our family. Mom also says that I'm not fair to Janine sometimes. Inside, Janine is sensitive as lo- and loving and creative in her own way, but that I don't see those things because I won't look beyond the big words. Also, I, like so, like her mom knows. Yeah. If you think your child feels left out of the family. You need to do something about that. The next sentence is, also, I wouldn't admit this to just anyone, but I'm feeling I'm a big disappointment to my parents. Yeah, that line. Anyway, like, I, my note on that line is, if mom is so insightful, why on earth can she not work out that Claudia feels this? Mm-hmm. It's pretty obvious, like. Yeah. Like, especially, I think, in the, I know we haven't really been bringing it up much, okay, but I like the way it was shown in the, the Netflix adaptation. Mm-hmm. Where Claudia is sitting there wearing her mad Claudia clothes and her mother is wearing a beige sweater and her dad is wearing something even more boring than a beige sweater because I can't even remember what it is. And everyone at this table is sitting there going like, yes, isn't it nice to get good grades and be good in school? And Claudia is just sitting there like, I'm not related to these people. <laughs> and you know, it's that, like, it, it that's what it's like. Yeah. They're, they're, they've dropped the ball extensively. <laughs> I don't know what I do with a like cool child. <laughs> I I certainly couldn't relate directly to their life experiences, but you know. Yeah, like I think I have one and um <laughs> oh it's, my gosh. It's really you won't weird. know for sure until adolescence though. No, but she seems to be going that way and like it's just baffling. We don't know how she does it. <laughs> but she's also into goth stuff. I mean, yes, but I think that makes you cool these days, so it's fine. Oh, that's what, no, what's cool has changed. Mm. That's yeah. okay. Maybe we would have been, no. No. <laughs> no. No. Don't, don't kid yourself. No. No. I mean, I think um, there's like, there's being out of touch with what's cool. um, And there's like, Claudia's mother making a ham-fisted attempt to explain her daughters to each other. Because presumably she's had some sort of discussion with Janine as well. Um, who knows? Who know? Yeah, that's true. We don't. Yeah. We don't know. Angel stays in her room and types. Um, I, but yeah, I wouldn't assume. Uh, 
I guess um, I have, so I have noted down here, um, which I was thinking was possibly our outro, like our takeaway message, which is encouraging your children to compete with one another may seem like a good parenting idea <laughs> to, you know, encourage excellence, but it's not. <laughs> um, and I was like, ha ah, yeah, but I know that people, people's families are actually like that. Um, yeah. And it's Ooh. sort of, it's, it's actually tragic. <laughs> like, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Like my own parents, like, I always felt like, yeah, they, they, um, they encouraged us and they like really valued the stuff that we were good at and whatever, but every sort of little triumph of ours was a total bonus. So they're like, Oh my God, this is brilliant. Well done, you guys. It was like, like yeah. we were, they weren't, not that they weren't expecting a lot, but like they were delighted for whatever happened and they were yeah. sort of exactly most trophies, trophies are gravy. Yeah. Yeah. They <laughs> trophies are gravy is a good, um, way of like, Looking at it like you mostly just want them to be like functional. Anything on top of that, yes. <laughs> but I suppose like functional is is how do you how does your family define that, yes. right? Like yeah, that's that's it. I mean, uh, apparently in some families it means being a physicist. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> nothing else will do. No, yeah. Um, I mean, but the thing is, Claudia is like so into art and mm-hmm. taking like specialist art classes and. Like, I wonder actually looking at it, are they the sort of, I have a friend who's into art and always has been and who was strongly, like, at the extent of that she said, I remember when I was six and my parents bought me oil paints <laughs> wow. because they thought I could deal, I, I, yeah. I could, I should start learning to use them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And part of me is like, have the kids she's actually been doing that and just not sat Claudia down and explained that this was them thinking she's great? Yeah, I mean, like, they seem to like, keep her in art supplies and everything. It's not like and they... And classes, constantly, like... Yeah, try I think the only thing she needs it, but... to spend her babysitting money on her is wild clothes. Yeah. Because her mother would buy her beige sweaters or whatever. And secret ho-hos and ring-dings. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I suppose they're kind of low-key supportive of her art thing, but they don't... They're not interested in it. No, they're not. That's true. And they've Which... certainly never actually come out and told her that they value it. Which, I mean, that's gotta be a hard one to do. Like, if, I mean, obviously, come out and tell her they value it, they should, but like, what do you mean to do when you just don't, are not interested? <laughs> Pretend to be interested. Claudia, I don't, I, I don't know much about art, but I know what I like. You know, like, I don't understand your abstract sculptures, but I'm really proud of you for pursuing them. Actually, that's not hard. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, I go and ask that question and I'm like, hang on, I let Rick talk to you about American football. He doesn't play it. <laughs> he watches it and gets emotionally invested in the Baltimore Ravens. I'm like, I sit there and I'm like, yes, tell me all about the thing. I don't understand that, but I am happy that it makes mm-hmm. you happy. Exactly. It's not yeah. the hurt. Yeah. You're right. We do that all the time. Why am yeah. I assuming that it would be difficult? It's really easy. You yeah. just be like, I don't understand any of that, but well done. Yeah. Exactly. <sighs> Random thing that is not going to be apropos of literally anything else. That's my favorite kind of thing. There is a line. Mimi pronounces iron the way it's spelled. Iron. Iron. <laughs> I read this and was like, that's how you pronounce iron. Iron oh. is pronounced iron. Yeah, lots of Irish people say it that way, don't they? Iron. It's pronounced iron. Why would you say it another way? The <laughs> R comes after the I and before the O. That's I run. That's how you say iron. Perhaps Mimi learned her English in Ireland. Uh, Mimi's a bogger official. Mimi. <laughs> but, 
Mimi has a secret past that none of her family have asked about because they're too wrapped up in themselves. Between growing up in Japan and moving to the States, she lived in Ireland. (laughs) (laughs) But I remember reading this and being like, I don't, I genuinely was really puzzled as to how else one would say that word. Like, I was like, iron, iron, iron the clothes, do the ironing, irony, an iron <laughs> gate. Where, why would you well, yeah, say irony? Yeah, you don't irony? say irony. Exactly. <laughs> like, oh, actually, <laughs> but maybe if you're in the States, you do, though. <laughs> that's so ironic. No, no, that's not right. I, I was remembering Alanis Morissette, and she's Canadian, so maybe it doesn't yeah, yeah. count, but she definitely says ironic. ironic. Maybe that's why people say Americans don't understand irony. They called it irony. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I think I was literally in college reading papers about Hiberno English when I realized that iron is not the correct pronunciation. It is the correct pronunciation here. Mm. In Hiberno English. Exactly. Actually, I should bring that back because I at some stage switched to saying iron and I don't like the fact that I did that. Reclaim it. I am. Iron. It's a thing now. Iron. I actually, on, on, the sort of vaguely related topic uh when claudia and janine find mimi in her room where she had been getting ready for bed she mentions that mimi's shoes are lined Mm -hmm. up neatly beside the closet which i have tagged and written no they fucking weren't because mimi is an elderly japanese lady i'm not buying that she wears her shoes in the house wearing her shoes in the house exactly i actually um i found uh there's this blogger called i think it's angry asian man who has been making a bunch of memes about how annoying it is that the girls are always depicted as wearing their shoes in Claudia's room. And this was something that they pointedly did not do in the Netflix series. The girls always have their socks on. Claudia (gasps) has her fancy slippers. Yes. Good work. Yes. Netflix, actually. Yes. Yeah. I I was very pleased by that. But like, yeah, like the hell Mimi was wearing her shoes right up till bedtime. She was not. Absolutely not. I bought a pair of old lady slippers on Amazon and I love them. <laughs> Excellent. They have nice thick rubber soles with a good grip and you can actually go outside in them. They come up really high on your ankle. So it's none of this like half your foot is actually exposed Aww. to the elements and freezing. And also you feel like your heel's going to slip out of them nonsense. Mm-hmm. They're like little ankle boot type slippers and they're fleece lined and they're made of red wool and I love them. And they're the, one of the best things I've ever bought. They make me so happy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Should we wrap things up? We should. <laughs> okay. Our, our takeaways this week have been running an illegal daycare is fun and easy. <laughs> Everybody's mother will be okay with you running the daycare in your backyard. Totally. That's fine. Uh, don't be a patronizing cow to elderly stroke patients. Mm-hmm. Um, Wheel of Fortune is the key to anyone's recovery. And put on your smock or the monster will come and get you. <laughs> the only shoes I wear are a pair of like the most comfortable runners I've ever owned at the moment because it's lockdown and fucking clothes like yeah. only if i have to come on guys like. yeah, no, it's 
<laughs> That's why this is a podcast and not, not a video. <laughs> not a video. This is not going on YouTube. Yes. I would like to point out that all of us are currently fully dressed. You don't know that. You can only see the top halves of us. <laughs> oh, that's true. 